Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast on this 8th of June 2022. I'm your host, the Real Joe Quinn. Uh, as always, on this either Wednesday or Thursday, we are. I am joined by one Robert Sapp. Mr. Sapp, how are you doing this evening? Doing pretty good. Good to be with you. So we have gotten to the point uh, as we are couple hours away, two hours away from game three of the NBA Finals. Um, the good thing about it being spaced out uh, with these days is the fact that it kind of, obviously, for, for player rest, you got some guys banged up, but also for us, we can kind of like really di- dissect yep. the series without mm-hmm. it moving, seeming like, you know, normally we, we probably would have been three, maybe three games into it. Uh, so that's the that's the good thing about how this series, the, the pace of this series. Um, of course, this this series, you know, big game three, like the three previous series series for Boston, all were tied at one one apiece. Uh, I don't think either one of us is surprised that the series is tied at one one. I think both of us fully expected to be expected it to be one one. I think we, I, I definitely had the games. Yeah, we would have flipped. Yeah, flipped. Yep, yeah. exactly. Had yep. the games flipped. Yep. I had them flipped. Expected Golden State to win Game One and lose Game yeah. Two. Yeah, yeah. And um, in essence, the series has been determined by two quarters. You had Game One, the fourth quarter. Boston goes forty to sixteen. Hits just everything. Couldn't miss a shot. Golden State is in shock, and there you go. And in Game Two, it was uh the third quarter. The quarter where you know Golden State. Went to work, and then there was no there. This time, there was no recovery from Boston. Um, after that, at the end of the third quarter, as they were down by 23 points, and you know, that that you know, that was that. Uh, Steph Curry doesn't play in the fourth quarter of uh game two. Uh, they were able to kind of cruise, cruise to a 19 point victory. Um, a lot of things I like, I still don't have a Great feel for this series. It being only two games, there's still a number of them. Still, there's still some adjustments that I'm sure that will be made. Um, but I, I think that you know, we'll this will be again. This will be a very telling game. Game threes with the series tied are always kind of like okay. I think this game will give us a sense of where this series could possibly go. Uh, it would your, stun me if this game is not super competitive. I, yes, stun. yes, it would stun me. I, I feel it. Really it I, yeah, I, I feel how it, it goes, I agree with you. This one's up in the air. This one's up in the air because the great thing about, like as you were saying, the great thing about uh, this time is, you know, they've had a lot of time to ruminate, especially the losing team. Ruminate, watch tape. So, um, you know, you you expect the home team, team that lost, to come out and throw the first haymaker, right? And then. Um, and then you expect Golden State to respond to that. Um, they're not a mentally weak team by any stretch of the imagination. So you expect them to respond to that. And then, and then um, you know, like you said, these third and fourth quarters have been so interesting. We know what Golden State does in the third quarter. Golden State, that's their quarter. That's what they do. Um, and so you would expect a haymaker from Golden State at that point. And then it's the response by, it's the response by Boston. And that's just like, that's just kind of like a, the ebb and flow. That's kind of expected, but then there'll be many, 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 many ebbs and flows with, within, within that. 
um, is my is my anticipation of this. You, I would traditionally, and I probably do in this game, lean towards the team that just lost, right, and coming home. But Boston has been so wonky at home. Yeah, Boston. Boston's been average. They fought. They're five and four at home. They've been. They have yeah. played. They've been a different team at home. Like they yeah. have not. They have not played well oh. at home. They've lost. That they've lost multiple games in the last two series after you know sweeping the Nets. They lost two games against Miami, two games against Milwaukee, two games against Miami, including a closeout game at in Game Six when we when we both thought the series was dead. Uh-huh. Uh When they came back, when they took Game Five from Miami and came back home at up three two, so they for whatever reason, who knows that they they just have not been the same team at home. They look way way more comfortable on the road. Um, and we know Golden State historically holds the NBA record for most wins in yeah, consecutive they're playoff they're, series. They've won they 27, yeah. 27 series with at least one road win. So yeah. they that, they're fine. That's not even a thing. That's why this makes this so dangerous. That's why it's not easy to call, even with what I've traditionally felt throughout the series. Right. Because of those factors, Golden State's 100% comfortable on the road. They're fine. And Boston's so weird on the road in this series that you can't trust. I mean, at home uh, in this series, you can't completely trust that they're coming at home. And and they've also gone win loss, win loss a lot of different times as yes. well. And so this Boston ball, has, yes. win Boston, category, yep. best two out of three intangible points. <laughs> I I probably that's that's why I lean Boston in this. But you know, if if Golden State wins this game, that that. Is no shock at all. Not even remotely. No. Close. No. Close to that. So um I would probably say I have Boston winning this, winning a very, very competitive, very tight one. Um uh maybe even a little bit reminiscent of game one against the Nets. Last last compare last second, you know. We're very much do an overtime game in these playoffs. We very much do. Um, so that would that would also be real nice to see. Um but yeah, so I, I think I would lean Boston um, in a close one for all the reasons that I stated. But no surprise to Golden State at all. A uh, couple, of, couple of interesting numbers. Um, so game one, first between game one, game two was very simple. Um, Golden State defensively was a different team. So game one, they only they contested forty nine of eighty five shots, fifty three percent, which is fifty seven contested fifty seven percent. Uh, only fifty seven percent of shots. Golden Boston had twenty three wide open threes. Game two, Golden State contests seventy eight percent of Boston shots. So defensively, it was a different ball game. Uh, just and I, I went back and watched that game one, especially that fourth quarter. They, I mean, the wide they were and they they made them. They were getting Boston got wide open looks in that fourth quarter. I mean, wide you know practice jump shots. Um, so. Golden State, from that standpoint, tightened it, tightened up the series, tightened up the uh, the defense. Even as Boston was making threes in the first half of Game Two, they were couldn't couldn't miss it. They were, the threes kept them in, but they they were shooting like twenty percent on two point shots at one point. Like the halftime, Boston was ten for nineteen from three point range and seven for twenty eight from two point range in the first half of that game of game two. Once they stopped once they cooled out from three pointers, then it was like, okay, then you know, they struggled to score. 
Um, and that, of course, was spearheaded by one Draymond Green. Um, let's put, like, let's put all the, the antics and all the bullshit aside for a second but with Draymond Green to get, you know, to get in people's faces and the talking shit, the rest. Let's put that, put that aside for a second. Um, the bottom line is he really, like, controlled that game with just how he guarded. So Jalen Brown was four for twelve when he guarded when he guarded uh when guarded by Draymond Green uh in that game. Um players are shooting ten percent less their regular field goal percentage in these playoffs when they're guarded by Draymond Green. So, you know, yeah, he got into the heads a bit with the Celtics, you know, got that's you know, he kind of tried to turn up the the volume of the intensity, things like that. But he guarded at a very high, high level during that game and really got them going, really got them spearheaded the defense, uh, their defensive effort in holding Boston to uh, 88 points. Um, you know, his antics and stuff like that will get the attention, but the bottom line is that his, his defense was spectacular in, in, that, um, in that game too. What, which are you more concerned about for both teams, are you more concerned about the fact that Boston's been has been outscored seventy three to thirty five in the third quarters of these games, or are you more concerned about Clay Thompson? Clay Thompson in the first two games, thirteen points, thirty percent from the field, only twenty six percent from the three point line. Um, the short answer to that question is, is neither. The longer answer to that question is, I think this is a series that will change from game to game and the dynamics will change from game to game. And so what worries me most for Boston side is that they are making errors that I know that the coaches have been harping on. And so the other difference in that game, um, too, um, was the turnover. Yes, that, that, I mean, that was, that was, yeah. And and you would live ball turnovers play from uh Golden State, and so you can't have that sloppy play on your side because that's 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 the thing you're trying to capitalize on. So that has to be buttoned up. That's be completely buttoned up on your side. They turn the ball over that many times, they lose the series. It's just that simple. There's there, we don't even have to have any more deeper conversation than that. Um, so that and then that third quarter troubled me because. I like overarching Boston. You win one game at, at on on other teams on court. That's 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 the goal. Right, you hit the goal. Split, yeah, that, split the difference. Yeah, that's what you want. Um, but that third quarter troubled me because I you know they were coached to come out and play hard, aggressive, and the and for them to be so discombobbled by. Golden State's offense and what Draymond Green was doing defensively, because um, nothing they nothing that they were doing was something different than they've ever done. Like they've always done this. Draymond right. Green's always played like this. Yes. Um. And so and so nothing was different. Like not this is how they win games. And so um to be impacted at such a at in such an impactful way um on known on known quantities and known known habits um 
it just makes me worried. I don't, I, I that concerns me. Um, and then on Golden State side, um, there's not a lot, honestly, that really concerns me on Golden State side. Clay's a streaky shooter. That's why he's not stacked because he's more streaky. It's just right. that simple. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, um, the thing with Clay is that he can take he can, he can take off offensively in any given quarter. The thing that's been more concerning is um, the the individual defensive prowess of players who are supposed to give them big time offensive minutes. Um, I do Come think on, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I do think can be continuously exploited and over the time of a series. Um, I, the way that I mean, it is, it, it is factoring itself heavily with Jordan Poole right now, but I think that also could play a part with Clay as well. You're expending so much energy on the defensive end, and if yeah, you're no off yeah. at that high, high level, that can contribute in. So I think that could be a sign that the the offensive game plan of the Celtics is working really well in that it's wearing some of these high-volume offensive players down because they have to guard so intensely defensively. So that's the flip side of that defensive argument. Yes, Golden State stepped up because they had to. If they didn't, they would lose. Right. Uh, but how does that stepping up defensively alter their offensive game? As of right now, Unclear, but that's a bit of a concern for me. So that's yeah, the, what I would the second score is concerning for me for Golden State. So right now, Steph, who uh, clearly has been the best player in the series for these first two games, is at 31, 31 and a half, 45 from the field, 46 from the three, 81 from the line. He struggled from the line throughout the course of the playoffs for whatever reason. So Steph is being Steph. Like, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Um, yeah, that's what you wanted to see. You're seeing it. Yeah, Steph is. I, I, I have no like through the first. Two games, yeah, he's, he playing like a, he's playing like a superstar. But I, I actually have been fine with the Celtics defense on Steph minus the first quarter of Game One. Yeah, game, that was the only. Yeah, yeah, that was the only like real mental meltdown. Yes. So outside of that, Steph has been working for his offense, and he's a great player. He's gonna make some tough shots. So like, I'm fine. Like Steph is gonna be Steph. Right now, their second score is Andrew. Their second leading score is Andrew Wiggins at fifteen and a half, right? And that, to me, I I don't think that's like that can last from a standpoint of what I don't expect Wiggins to go up too much above that with his defensive assignment for for the fact that he has a guard Tatum and sometimes even Jalen Brown. So I you can't I don't Wiggins is not going to have. 25, 30 point games. It's just not going to happen. So to me, you bring up Jordan Poole, despite what happened in game two, he, he got hot at the end of the third quarter, but for the most part, I yeah, like he's been a non factor. Like that, it's like he, he hit three those, threes. Those in the are the front running points. Yeah, for no, real. He had, he had about those. No, those don't those count. Are those are front running points. Yeah, you hit, you hit three threes in the quarter, back to back threes at the end of the, the, end of the quarter. The game was decided. So, yeah. He has not done anything in meaningful minutes. Nope. Nope. He's been he's been he's been the target. And he's a, he's, right. target. he's a liability defensively. Yeah. And that that we will talk more later, just tease it a little bit. 
about the importance moving forward in terms of the NBA of the two-way player. I think it's really been exploited to a high degree in these playoffs. And with, I learned. Like, you got to yeah, learn. You got you to play both ways. Like you ha- you have learn. to. got to. So, like, yeah. I that's why, you know, and we didn't bring him up, but that's why that the Gary Payton, the second coming back, was big, huge for them. Yeah, I underestimated how big that was. I'm going it, to no, be, it, it really I, I it was, yeah I didn't know what the, I didn't yeah, know what he could give him. I didn't think I yeah. he actually he played way better than I thought he I like he this dude plays in a month. He he, he, he he made an immediate impact. I mean immediate you know Gary Payton's my favorite play I'm just like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. I feel like but even even with that I'm like eh, I feel like they make him now I don't know if he's gonna make that much of an impact. Boy was I wrong. No <laughs> Boy, his, was I wrong. he he was yeah. all over the place um, the was. athleticism, the on the yeah. ball, like yeah, yeah, like he he was all over the place. So I think that I I I think defensively, Golden State will be fine defensively. Like you got him, you got Looney, who's played well. You got Draymond, you know Curry. That is not great, but Curry is is not a pushover anymore. Like he's not uh, Trey Young. Um, so defensively, I'm not concerned about Golden State. But to me, it's offensively. Like what. Who is going to be that consistent second to score with Clay Thompson struggling? Now, get to your point, Clay Thompson could have thirty tonight. With any, neither one of us would, would be surprised. Like that's that's Clay Thompson. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I, I do think Boston clearly has more of those two way players on their team. Like they're loaded with those guys that can go that can go both ways and play both ways at a high, relatively high. Um, level so that and also with boston getting to concerns too injuries and 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 the, yeah, the health like that, that is a huge one the and uh, two people in particular robert robert williams and uh marcus smart robert williams couldn't move the last, last guy i mean robert williams couldn't like he wasn't he was moved, like he was what, what happens with robert williams he'll have these spurts where he yeah. blocks a shot but then yeah. It's seven, then it's six, yep. seven minutes where he can barely, like, yeah, he's not the same player. There you go. So him finishing the series concerns me. Yep. And yep. Marcus Smart as well, um, to a lesser extent, but still, like, that ankle, that quad, you know, luckily, you know, for them, these games are going to be spread out. The only two games they're going to do every other day are going to be today and Friday. Everything, everything else is going to be spread out a couple of days with the travel and, and, and what have you. See, so here's the deal with players like that. And this is why you're 100% right in terms of like, can they even, especially Robert Williams, can they even make it through the series? Because their value is that they have, they have to maximize their motors and their physicality. That's right. their value. Yes. They're yeah. not valuable. They're, I mean, they're not starters if they can't do that. No. And so what you end up having in that situation is, and this leads to that inconsistency that we're talking about with Boston, is that you have people who are in starter positions who cannot complete their roles because of um because they're not they're not full tilt self. They don't have any other parts of the game that's supposed to maximize the part. It's like you take shooting away from Steph, it's a wrap. It's just a wrap. Right. That is the part of the game that makes them special. So the thing that makes these guys starters and competitive starters is their high motor and their physicality. Yep. And that's the exact thing that's going to get them re-injured over and over and over and over again because they have to play that way. 
There's no other option. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, it's very concerned. That's a and, great Yeah, very and concerned. Marcus, and you know, with Smart, like you said, Mark, he only knows one way. That's his value. Yes. That's it, yeah. He only knows one way. There's no dialing back. There's no, like, yeah, no. That's just not how he plays. Like I said, that is, Jimmy Butler can't even a, can't achieve superstar status. Like, he can't get to that level unless he's being a dog all the time. Yeah. Like, you just can't get there. These guys are not consistent everyday starters if they can't play their full 100% physical game. They just aren't. They don't have enough other parts of their games to rely on consistently outside of that that motor, that hustle, that defensive physicality that the Celtics have built this year, year off of. So that's what makes it, like you said, they can give you spurts. But, you know, you go, you're, in the, you're in the finals. You go up against the Warriors. The Warriors come at you all game long. Yeah. 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 So it, it's concern. It just is. It's a fact. It's a reality. And um, so I think this is going to be the type of series where, like, again, I still picked Golden State in seven. Wasn't feeling good about that after game one. I tell you, I like I, I you know me. I normally don't overreact to court to games, even when the home team loses game one. I've seen it a thousand times, but woo, the way that came, yo. When I went back and watched that quarter, I was like, I even after the second viewing, I was just like, what happened? Like, what? Was, How did this game turn so quick? That was, that was a confusing one. I was, th- I mean, all us long time NBA fans are confused. And perplexed by that game, I was like, "What that just happened? Like, what? What did I really see this in the in the finals game? Like, what? What? Did I really see what? So, I I think we're gonna be saying like, I think each game course is gonna take on its own entity. Each like, you know, we'll look at you know, we'll look at each game, each result. Like, oh, so and so has the advantage. No, so and so has the advantage. I think we're gonna be on the seesaw. That's how I really get that sense. We're going to be on a seesaw, injuries withstanding. And I, again, I still think that this is destined to be a seven game series. I really do. It really um, looks like it. It does. I know I said six, but. Right, but six is still competitive. I mean, six looks, is still. It, looks, it, this has seven written all over. It really does. It really does. And as of right now, you, you know. think of, you think about. As of right now, it definitely feels like the seven Think about how competitive the playoffs have been this year, right? So you only had one sweep in the entire playoffs. Brooklyn Nets, only team that couldn't win a game. Um, and they tried. Net, they tried. Yep, they tried. That was a competitive sweep. <laughs> the close sweep. The close sweep. They lay down. <laughs> they didn't pull a game seven Suns. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> I think I actually rather get swept. I rather get swept than pull a game seven Suns. To be honest with you, I rather get. I actually rather get swept at home. Yeah, I that's one of the most embarrassing performances ever. Ever, ever. Honestly, like we talked about it, NBA games. That's the most embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. So we only had one sweep the entire playoffs. We had what four games? What three game sevens? uh, Boston. But Boston, Miami, Milwaukee, Miami, uh, the Phoenix, 
Um, Dallas. So far, he had three games. Says you, matter of fact, that the Dallas Phoenix thing was so bad, you forget that the series went to seven. <laughs> like that was, you forget that that was actually yeah, in I game seven. That, that's what made it so horrible. That's, that's how bad it was. So horrible. Like who plays like this in the game seven? Yeah. So we've had three game sevens already. Um, and again, we, we we talked about this over the course of the season. Just like the competitive, how balanced the league is right now from a competitive standpoint. Like, it's just, it is, I mean, Boston has a lot of talent, we know, has a lot, they're stacked, with, they have a lot, lot, lot of top-end top end talent. We know what Golden State has as far as the whole sum is better than the, you know, the whole is better than the sum of the parts. If, I don't know, I'll butcher that, but, you know, we know the championship pedigree that they have, um, even though they're not what it, you know, it's not what it was in, in you know, a couple of years ago, especially those super teams with Durant, but still, I mean, you still have three, future Hall of Famers on the on the roster. Let's like there's still talent there. And you know, Jordan Poole coming off the bench. Um but that uh it I uh, yeah it, it just has a seesaw type feel to it. I don't ever feel like we will ever say that one of these teams is in complete control of the series. Like I don't I don't think that that I just don't think that I don't see that being the case to be honest with you. So, talked about thought about this. Um, what was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. So Pat Riley, right? The great Pat Riley, uh, comes out with his annual. You, you you know I'm still the man. That annual end of the year press conference. You know, challenging the media says, you know, I can do more push-ups than you at 77. I'm still, you know. Still trying to win this, win these championships, and during his uh you know final press conference or uh, end of the year press conference, um he challenges one of his players, Tyler Hero, and basically says, "Look, you want to start for us? If you want to take your game to another level, you got to play defense. Period. Period. Like that. That like that is what it is, and it made me think about." Just the importance of the two-way player, uh, especially in 2022. Like, so Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero basically were non-factors in the Boston series. I know Tyler Hero was nicked up, but even before he got hurt, he was a non-factor. Nobody's worried about Tyler Hero. We're no, talking no about not at all. And well, Duncan, I, I, Duncan I, I, Robinson could That's the concern of mine. I don't give a damn if he was fully healthy. Right. No. I'm not concerned about Tyler Hero. No, at all. And Duncan Robinson couldn't get on, couldn't for the, get on the floor. Exact, for the exact reason you're about to talk about. Yeah. Duncan, du- about Duncan Robinson couldn't get on the floor. Mind you, they played Duncan Robinson. They just gave Duncan Robinson $90 million a couple of years ago. So mm-hmm. if I told you, like, two years ago, right, if I asked you this question during the bubble, because that's when Tyler Hero exploded right during the bubble he arguably he probably was their third best player behind jimmy butler and, and bam during that playoff run or maybe fourth because Dragic was great too before he got hurt but he was a rookie and he's you know going to, going against the celtics shooting the lights out um you know came back down to re- earth in the finals which is fine rookie but if i had told you two years ago who would you rather have Moving forward, Tyler Hero or Andrew Wiggins, people would you would have laughed me. You would have been like, "Is that a real question?" Like you, people, you would people would have laughed at that. Even the thought that that could even be in question. As we stand here, 
June 8th, 2022, I don't think there's any question that I'd much rather have Andrew Wiggins moving forward than Tyler Hero. Like, I, I like, it's not even, like, it's not even a debate. Like, for what Andrew Wiggins does, um, he, he can get you 15 to 20 points, can guard anybody on the perimeter, anybody. Like, that value in today's NBA is, like, it's priceless. Absolutely priceless. And there's just not that many guys that are, that, that can do that. Like, the Celtics have about five of them. I feel like, they, when you talk about Smart, Brown, Tatum, even like, like, uh, to a, uh, Horford, even like, even the point guard, White, Derek White, like they, they have them in, they, the, the Celtics have more of them that have the most uh, out of anybody in the league in terms of those guys that don't, that can, you know, that can defend and, and will not and don't and, and also can do damage on the offensive and can, they won't hurt you on offense where you're playing four on five. Um, but that is, you know, if you're drafting, if you're, you know, if you're a franchise that's drafting, if you are somebody that's building, you have to think about can this dude, can this guy play in the playoffs both ways? Can he, like, we know the regular season, anybody can play in the regular season. Like, anybody can score, ran, you playing against some bad teams, you're catching teams four games in five nights, so on and so on. The game is, is not, it's nowhere near as intense or as physical as the playoffs. So that's a whole nother ball game. You, you need, and you need that depth anyway to carry you through the season. But if I'm going to pay a guy, if I'm going to like Tyler, the hero's going to be up for extension. I'm not, I'm not that, that I'm not, I'm like, I'm looking at Tyler Hero right now. Like, should we just package him and put him in a package for, for and, and trade to try to upgrade our roster? Like, why I'm not making the same mistake with Tyler Hero as they made with Duncan Robinson from in terms of that, in terms of uh, that uh, high extent, you know, that contract extension. But what are your thoughts? Um, so like the biggest thing is that, um, the NBA is going through a transition right now. Um, as you were talking, um, the thought that kept coming to my mind is the NBA is becoming more and more like the NFL, um, day by day. And what I mean by that is that like, um, cause I was, I was listening to you talking, a thought came to my mind. When are they going to start running like specific offensive and defensive packages? Right. Uh, because um, the the pendulum had shifted so far on the three versus the two, right? Like it's shifted so far. And so um, as per usual, when the rules and everything favor the offense, it just takes a second for defenses to catch up. And so what is the antidote to that? If everybody's going to be shooting threes all the time, what's the antidote to that? The antidote is you're going to need a lot of we a lot of people with the ability to be um, able to uh, switch and guard uh, various different shooters um, for for lack of a, a really inarticulate way of saying that uh, or a really simplistic way of saying that um, so or find a simplistic way of saying that and so um, you have that as the reaction but of course basketball is not football. You, you don't get to have packages out there. So, of course, you need the people out there to be able to put the ball in the hoop. And so as this is as this shift is developing, you're like you were talking about playoffs. I was actually thinking like 
way lower in terms of the skill sets that need to be built in honestly the AAU, you know, like that's what everybody like that is where the turn and the transition it is happening even younger than that. But I can't even, I, you know, that's that's even outside of my depth of knowledge. I mean, completely outside of my depth of knowledge. Um, and I know very little about the whole AAU scene, but um, but what what I do know, um, I, I know about the transition and, and what what teams are looking what teams are looking for at the higher levels, college, uh, you know, the the high schools that that churn out um, uh, McDonald's All American or whatever they're called now, um, and then and ultimately the NBA and then ultimately winning franchises, and ultimately championship franchises. That talent level grows and grows and grows and gets more refined and refined as as you go up the levels, but essentially what the shift is that's happening that you're talking about is that because so many players were becoming multiple offensively you needed a reaction to that and the reaction was you needed people who could defend multiple positions and of course in basketball that's going to be you need to be long and lengthy to be able to do that and quick and athletic to be able to do that. And then you add scoring on that. I keep hearing this over and over again. You need long, lengthy, and scoring and athletic. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, yeah, everybody needs that. You're right. Everybody needs that. The The problem is there's just not a lot of that to go around. And it used to be more rare and rare and rare um, in past years. And it's getting more plentiful as the times that are going on. And so to your point, that is going to be what, teams in the NBA are looking for and that better be what colleges are developing and that better be what high schools are developing and that better be what parents are challenging their team, you know, like how that whole process goes. And so it's going through a shift. You're absolutely right. This is going to be the, um, the athlete du jour, so to speak for the next few years. Yeah. Let's just talk about something. So there was a point where, uh, I would say about 10 years ago, maybe less, about 10 to 12 years ago, where you had guys that classic back-to-the-back center, center, right? Al Horford, not Al Horford, Al Jefferson is, comes, comes to mind. Like that, even Brooke Lopez early in his career, right? Lived in the paint, seven, that, you know, big center, lived in the paint, could score, you know, could play in the league and not only play, could be, you know, those guys were borderline, borderline all-stars per se. And then, you know, the Golden State happened and just destroyed all that. Small ball, the the space and the, the three-point shooting exploded and no, those guys could no longer co- cover enough space to where, like, to your point, you needed a athletic center, power forward, the Anthony Davis, Giannis, somewhere, those are the highest level in terms of that, in terms of the power forward. Uh, Ultimate, yeah, right. right. But you need a guy. Even you need a guy. You know who's great at it in in watching this series, uh, Kevon Looney. Like he is great at switching out on guards and not in, in to where he allows your defense not to be compromised. Not a super, and by the way, of course, not a star player or all star anything like that. But that that is the baseline of a bit of type of the type of big man that you need, um, defensively. Especially defensively, even I'm not even talking about the two way aspect, but just covering, um, covering that ground. But when I, when I going back to my original point, those guys, the Al Jeffersons, those big lumbering centers got 
kind of got washed out. They got kind of they got pushed out the league. You know who's next, you know who's about to get pushed out the league now that I can see coming? These spot up shoot these spot up shooters. Yeah. Yeah. So like the Duncan Robinsons, where you need a lot of now, they're guys like if you can't somewhat put the ball on the floor, then you're going it's gonna be hard. It's like these guys are more athletic. The the wings are the wings are more athletic. Like you like just catching these catching, you got to be you gonna have a, like a I have to have like a Dale Curry type release to survive. If you can't, if you don't have a skill set that as a three point shooter to where you can put the ball, like at least somewhat put the ball on the floor. Like I would say the baseline for that is somebody like Joe Harris. Like Joe Harris is a great three point shooter, but he it doesn't need a lot of space. But he can he can put the ball on the floor and get his shot some, somewhat. Not he's not a creator, but he's creative enough to get his own shot off putting the ball on the floor and shooting threes. That's the baseline. But the Duncan Robinsons, these these dead spot up shooters, those guys are going to get washed out. That's gone. That's gone. They're like that, that 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 work. That's great for college. Those there always be a place for those guys in college. The way the game is played. But in the NBA, nah. In high school, of course, high school and college, because the way the NBA is too athletic. It's too athletic. And the, again, we're looking at like if you want to compete for a championship, if you want, you know, looking at these teams, and if you like all. All the championship caliber teams have these two-way guys, like like uh, Milwaukee when they're healthy. You know, Milton's not a great defensive player, but he's decent, decent enough. Drew Holiday is one of the better two-way play, two-way non-superstars that you have in the league. Like that guy can impact the game and score can score ten points in that impact the game with what he can do defensively and guard multiple positions. So all these like all these teams that are legit title contenders. Have at least minimum two uh, guys of that ilk. You know, Memphis has enough to protect Jai from not being embarrassed. Even though I think Jai is serviceable defensively, but he's so ridiculous offensively that that it, it compensates for his, you know, makes up for what he doesn't have. It, it's not defensively, and he doesn't hurt you defensively, by the way. But they have got you know Jaron Jackson Jr. They have other they have guys who are lower on the the totem pole who are who play both ways like Dylan Brooks, uh, and Bain, and even Bain, even a guy like Bain, like that guy that that's the baseline. Like he can get he can't he don't get he can't he can put the ball on the floor and also defend. He doesn't you will not get compromised with him defensively. Like that's like that's like the baseline. But even somebody like I who used to play like like a Kyle Corver. Even like a JJ Reddick couldn't play. He can't play right now. I mean, he's retired. He's going on the way to retirement. But even prime JJ Reddick in NBA could not play right now, I, I feel, and be on a championship team. Yeah, he could play in a league, but in the finals or in a high a high intensity playoff playoff game, nah. Nope. He's gonna be right right sitting right next to Duncan Duncan Robinson. So it's gonna like to your point, it's gonna be very it's gonna be interesting. Uh, I, I mean, I think defense is a mentality. So, like that, I think depends on who like drafts you and what have you. Like, you know, if you go to Miami Heat, you go, you have to play some defense. Like certain cultures, certain places you go, you're gonna have to defend. Golden State, you're gonna have to defend. Certain like certain spots, you're gonna have to defend. But and you made me think of something when you said off, in terms of offensively. Yeah, like they like that. Those days, that, that spot up shooter that that, that day. You know that I mean, we kind of kind of saw that coming with I mean, with the positionless basketball, and, and you know, you got these guys 
who are like you know tall like Giannis, able to put the ball on the floor. You got the, you got these seven footers, six eleven, six ten dudes who are able to you know Paul George is six nine. They're able to handle the ball at a high level, put the ball on the floor. So yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be a you know not only a two somewhat a two way player, a decent two way player, but you're going to have a skill set that uh that includes just more than shooting. Like I think I think what happened to Rob too. We fell so much in love with the three point shot. It was like anybody who could shoot a three, okay, that guy must have value. So it was like we're gonna ignore we can, we're gonna ignore the fact that you're not a great defender. Ignore the fact that you can't get your own shot. Ignore the fact that you need airspace to get a shot off. But you can shoot that three. So I think we that was the allure and the poison so somewhat somewhat of the three point shot. You know what I mean? Like it'd be like a, a speed receiver with like yeah, you fast, but your hands are not the greatest. Like you actually need to catch the ball to be effective. Well, yeah, the idea was to space the floor. Do you have a couple of superstars that can create? Yep. And that they would have space so that uh, they would have space for that mid-range game if they wanted it. Or, you know, if some if if they collapsed on him, then he'd kick it out to a shooter. And that's why you had a bunch of shooters out there. Um, because then that's how you put the defense in the bind. Defense is reactive. It's just that simple. They react. They get paid. Yep. People, people get paid to think, think defensively too. It's just not as much of a thing in basketball as it is in, in let's say, football. Um, but remember when they started doing defensive coordinators and different whatever they call them in right. basketball? That didn't used to be a thing. Then it became a thing. Um, and, uh, that was a reaction to how inventive offenses was doing. It always goes, it always, that always happens. That's, that's sports. That's the legacy of sports, everything. And then the defenses have reacted. And so you're absolutely right. Like the only way that players like that can get on the court is honestly in, in often in, in, will honestly be in certain sets, but here's the trick about that. I think another thing that's been lost in the NBA over the years with the rise of super teams has been um, coaching. You're yes. going to need some really creative coaching yep. once the defense evens this thing out, which 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 they are. Um, you're gonna you're gonna need you don't need team. You're gonna just need to be, do. Th- I mean, I know it sounds crazy and corny, um, but you're gonna need to create your roster and build your team with a specific identity and philosophy in order to maximize the talents of all the different players on your roster. Because, no, you can't have an entire team full of long, rangy defenders who can shoot the ball, rebound. No, no, you absolutely cannot because that doesn't exist. That's not a thing. So in lieu of that, you have to go with certain philosophies. And the reason why the Celtics have been able to collect this is because they they landed on this philosophy early. Yes. But they're not going to have a monopoly on it for long. No. No, because those guys, those guys don't get paid. Everything is a copy. They say about every every league yep. is a copycat. Everything is a copycat. Yep. We want the latest, newest thing that everybody wants. It's, yep. We all copy. It's copy. That's what we do as humans. So that looks successful. Oh, we doing that too. So best believe you absolutely right. That it, even even if you a project, they're gonna go over the long rangey for lack of better you know for we're just we're just very just being very brief in these descriptions no nuance in this they're going to go for the long rangey defender prospect right now more than the shooting prospect just the yes. shooter prospect 100 yeah um 
Yeah, that's that's just yeah. exactly where we are. Yeah, they're gonna, I mean, they're going to say, can you guard Jason Tatum? Period. Can you guard, you know, Kevin Durant? Can yeah. you guard? Yeah. 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 You know, so it, that, yeah, that is the way that the league is going. Um, I mean, I listen, I'm all, I'm 100% for it. Like, I, I think Defense that matters. Yes, matters. Yes, it does. These, how about this? These, the, these are the two best defensive teams in the league. Yeah. Were. They are. So they, like, yeah. They are. Yeah, you got it. Matters. It does. <laughs> I play a little defense. Got play a little defense. Like half the game, as a matter of fact. So <laughs> kind of like really matters. Like really matters. Yeah. No. You, you should be able to do that too. <laughs> to be called a professional basketball player. You should, you really should. So it'll be very it'll be interesting to see again how the series plays out. We both think that this probably is gonna go to seven. Um and that these games I don't think I'll say this. I don't think that we will get the blowout, blowout, blowout. I don't think we're going to get that tight. Like the Miami thing, whereas every, like, I don't, yeah, I don't think we're going to, I think, I think we're, we're going to, I think we're in for a couple close games here. If I really do. If the get smashed in the third quarter again. Uh, that's, could um, that be very the, the, <laughs> um, uh, Oh, man. How do you say the coach's name? I don't want to mess it up. Udoka? Udoka. Yes. We'll kill them all. <laughs> there will be no more games because he would have mastered his team. Like, like, so I think, I think, um, I'm being facetious, but it's just like, it's just like, it can't happen because you'll lose. It just yeah. is that simple. So if it does happen, it's probably going to happen more Golden State's way, and that means the Celtics are losing the series big time because it it just can't happen. And I don't know how many. I, I don't – Golden State's just not built as a team with a team that's just not overwhelmingly offensive, and it's hard. You can't overwhelm Golden State offensively, honestly, um, to just create the number of blowouts there. So I just think the style of play the Celtics have to play in order to keep it competitive, and Golden State, just they just don't just – let go of games like that um, just leads to a competitive series. It just leads to it. Because I will say the one thing I have been the most impressed about with the Celtics this entire playoff run has been their, and it's just a honestly reminds me so much of young Golden State. Um, Just relentless. They just play. They just play. And they are competitive. They just want to compete all the time. Even at times I'm like, I think y'all should maybe chill, let this game go. Like <laughs> be out of they just keep competing. I'm just like, okay, you boys want it all the time. So um, I think there's also talk about culture, what's built in. I think that's just also built into both of these organizations, which is also why a blowout outside of being overwhelmed, which Golden State can absolutely do. Um, outside of that, I just, I just, I, it, it's very hard for me to see blowouts happen in this series. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So we transition to a uh, continuing series that we had, that we've had going on for the past couple of podcasts. We are looking at the Super Bowl contenders schedule. Uh, we've already done Buffalo, Green Bay, and uh, Buffalo, Kansas City, Green Bay. Now we get we um, 
get back, to, stay in the NFC, and we go to the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. I'm sure who are excited. Maybe a little, little bit relieved. Game through game. I just wanted to say, go ahead. their schedule is hard. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is yeah, a They didn't get the Patriot treatment. Challenging. Yeah, you got to love the Rams to love to get them to like 12 and 12 and whatever, or you got to love them because this schedule is hard. Yeah, they didn't get the Patriot treatment. Um, no, this at is all. hard. Um, so, yeah, but the Rams are feeling good about themselves. Uh, being obviously being defending Super Bowl champions, but also, you know, Aaron Donald inking the two year sixty million dollar extension, which we knew we oh. knew what the deal was. Oh. Like we knew oh. we knew what Aaron Donald was doing. Yeah. Talking about this yeah. retirement, like we oh. knew we knew he was wanting more money. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just like it's just it just it just it it all makes sense. It yes. all makes sense. I mean, like, yeah, pay me. Period. Yeah. In the story, pay me. And if they did pay him, he should just be like, I'm good. Like all of it made, and they should pay. Uh, and it makes everything made everything. Everything made sense. Yes. Everything, everything made sense. Up on him. Yep. Everything did did I ever take Aaron Donald retiring seriously? No. Ever not for one single solitary second. No. No. Did no. I ever think the Rams are not going to pay him? Not for one <laughs> single solitary second. This was this was the most ABC contract negotiation ever. Yes. <laughs> yep. Everybody just do the do the moves you supposed to do and give the man his money. In it. Yep. That, yep. That's how this spoiler. That's how he's going. Yeah, he's going to get paid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So week one. Uh, so give you the quick before we get into it. Just give you the quick oversight as you see on the screen. The schedule rank is number one. <laughs> 32 teams. This is statistically the hardest schedule in football, and you're going to see why. Eight teams reached the playoffs in 2021 in terms of their opponents. The non, this is a non-divisional road games. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Kansas City, Green Bay, and the Chargers. Non-divisional road games. Over and under was 10 and a half, and they had the fifth best Super Bowl odds trailing. I want Kansas City, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and uh, who, who's the uh, come on? I might have said four. Buffalo, Kansas City, Green Bay, Tampa. Yes, those are the four that were ahead. Um, it might have, Tampa Bay might have been third. Whatever. They had the fifth best Super Bowl odds. Uh, so week one, of course, open up. They open up the season against your Buffalo Bills at home, NBC. I've been consistent with that. I had that as a loss. Same. At Atlanta, uh, if you're coming off a loss, no better way to rebound than basically the, the Atlanta Falcons at home. Um, and that, yeah, that's a, that's a home game. That's a win. Same. I next The following week, at, and plus they'll have 10 days off in between. Buffalo, but they they could they could have had three days off and beat the, the Falcons. Yeah. Um, following Sunday, uh, week three. So right now they're one. I don't even know who they are. They no. Don't no, no, no. <laughs> they know no. who they are. No, they. they yeah, no, I, they got nothing. They got. They, they have a great great tight end, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, week three at Arizona. 
So they get inside the division. I had that as a win. I actually, you know what? I because I have them split it, so I gave this one to um I gave this one to the Cardinals because the Cardinals traditionally play well earlier in the season. Right. That's my makes sense. That makes one. sense. No, split makes sense. One. I'm All right, well, we, I mean, we're both going to say, but if I'm trying to eke out wins, I'll give, I'll have them sweeping the Cardinals. Right. I'm still trying to figure out if I have them as a, as a, as a playoff team right now. So through this schedule, I had them uh, beating the Cardinals in Week Three, so that that'll drop them to one and two. But I had them losing to at San Francisco in Week Four, so I had them at two and two after a month. I split this one as well. I just can't remember what the split was. So, so I mean, if you had, you had, if you had Arizona winning, losing, I think I think I had, had yeah, I think I had them yeah. going back. I think I had them winning this one. Yes, okay. I agree. Yep, I had them winning okay. this one. So week five, um, as we you know, week five, they will host the Cowboys. I had that as a win. I had it initially as a loss. And I was like, if the Rams are going to be the team that people are telling me they are this year, then they have. I flipped that to a win. Week six, they gotta win. It. They gotta win that game. They have to. Yeah, no, that that'll be a big game. Week six, uh, hosting Carolina, uh, had that as a win. So I had them right now through six weeks, six weeks at four and two. Yep. Through, through six weeks, week seven is a bye, and then they go. Uh, host host San Francisco. I also had that as a win, so I had them. I had them splitting with San Francisco. I think San Francisco is going to be more. Um, they'll be more identified what team that they are. Of course, this if there's no D, if there's no Debo, if you know something like that, then this is an L. But um, I put this as a win for the Niners. Okay, so I had them. Through uh, seven games at five and two. Um, week nine at Tampa Bay, I had that as a win. I had that as a loss. All right, so I had them six and two through eight games. Week 10 against Arizona, I had that as a loss. That's my W for them. So There's they had six, six, and, six and three. Then they go uh, at New Orleans. I had that as a win. Agreed. At Kansas City, back-to-back weekends, I had that as a loss. Yep, agreed. So, at this point, 11 games, I had them at 7-4 and four through, 11, through 11 games. Uh, week 13, I had Seattle had that as a win. Um, Vegas back to back home games, I had that as a win as well. Hey, now that's very tricky because that's a short week. This four game group, this is the one I got really because it's so challenging not knowing what the Broncos and the Raiders right are ultimately look like. Um. So I think if I'm giving it to them, those are the two I'm giving. But I really think they lose one of those games. But I couldn't because I'm giving to – anyways, we're getting ahead. So well, um, I, mean, I, listen, have, from a I schedule, agree with the hell on that. But it's – I'm so – I mean, we're just we're just making up it anyway as of right now just based on the information that we have. 
I'll give that an L, but boy, am I not confident in that. I mean, a win, but boy, am I not confident in that. From a schedule standpoint, that's very challenging because you got it's only just Sunday to Thursday. So, a third, like, but I'm not confident in that one. Ever. But the thing about it, they both those both games, both those games are at home, so they don't have to travel. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, that made it easier for me to uh, make that pick. So, I have them at after 13 games at nine uh nine nine and four uh week 15 at green bay on a monday night i had that as a loss Same. so nine and five week 16 sunday christmas they are hosting denver i had that as a win Same. so i had them that's ten yeah, so great about it that's ten, <laughs> that's ten and five uh week 17 at the chargers I had that as a loss, and week eighteen, uh, and I think they will definitely need the game. I think that at Seattle had that as a win. Yep. So tally it up. The final record I had was eleven and six, and they make the playoffs. I think as it stands right now, I had them at nine and eight. Whoa. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm definitely not high on the Rams. Yeah, clearly. I need, lots, <laughs> I need lots of convincing. I do. I do. I need lots of convincing based off of who they lost and who I believe Stafford is. Yeah. Um, and I'm just, I'm just not. It, it did the Super Bowl win didn't convince me enough right. to, to me to think, oh, this is a this is a defending champion that I can believe in. Um, I mean, I believe in them to a certain point. I, if I they had think... Green Bay schedule, oh, we talked. We right. talked. Not right. with this schedule. This schedule. This is a rough, I mean, like, it's a rough it, schedule. For me, it comes down to what the what the Cardinals and the 49ers. Yeah, so here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The later that, right? season, and then what Denver and the Raiders look yeah, like. So that, I'm glad you bring that up. So let's I'm gonna count the uncertain teams, I right? I'm confident in everything, everything there else. There are let me see. I'm as confident as I can right now. Between Arizona, San Francisco, Denver, Vegas. That's like four teams that are uncertain. Yeah. And they play Seattle twice. Yeah. I and like they, them from Seattle, bro. I do. So. But it's division. It is division, yeah. So, no, I, so mean, I mean, I, I, to your point, yeah. The, there's a lot of uncertainty between Arizona, San Francisco, Denver, and Vegas. When you have an out-of-conference schedule, and it's just hard, man. No, it's that, hard, like, though. Those, those non-division, yeah, those non-divisional road games are, are brutal. All those, like they can lose, any, they can lose any one of those games. Like the least, the weakest one probably is New Orleans. New Orleans, That's and that you got four really, really good potential losses. I think I have them losing all four of those. I do. I have them losing all four of those. Well, they, I mean, there's five of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't losing the four. Uh, New Orleans, yeah, uh, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, yeah. Green Bay. I, yeah, I, I got them losing. Yeah, yeah, I had to be no. I, had no, I think to, you had to be Tampa Bay. Yeah, I did. So I had them going in that two and three with those non-divisional road games. So I had them losing to Kansas City, Green Bay, and the Chargers. So yeah, um, that's tough. Man. That's a brutal man. That's I mean, tough. he does. That's that's tough. Tough. That's Tampa tough. Bay, Green Bay. That's <laughs> that's that's so yeah, they got to show. They gonna have to prove this. Got to prove this one to me. I mean, like I can see them sweeping. Like I, if if I'm putting them. In the playoffs, and I'm doing that. I, I 
uh, of course, I see a big reality where they sweep so, the 49ers or... Yeah, let me do glass. Let's, let me, let's, let's, let's do glass half full real quick, right? So, they have a division of uncertainty. I, we don't know about what to expect out of Arizona, San Francisco, or even Seattle. Like, we really don't... No, we know it's going to be competitive, but we like there are a lot of big time question marks in that division. All right, that's number one. Two, they have. I'm looking at the schedule. They have one, two, three. So they have three sections on their schedule where they do have back to back home games, and they have a home. They have, and the schedule goes into the bye week pretty sweet. To be honest with you, you host Dallas, you host Carolina, bye week, you host San Francisco. That That's a nice stretch in terms of getting healthy and, you know, not facing that devastating team, per se. Yeah. In the middle of the, se- of the season, like, that's a nice stretch. Coming coming off a of bye week at home, I, th- I always thought it's one of the most underrated things that could jumpstart a second half of the season. Like if you and they and they will enter the bye week at home and come off the bye week at home. Like that's that's big, especially that, like I, I'm really looking at it now. Yeah, that's that's a night like that. You know, that's a nice stretch as far as like I said, kind of getting reset, especially if you're struggling, uh, you're banged up or and what have you. Um, so they have that going for them. Um, Where's the bye at again? The buys in their buys in week seven. So, so, here, so here's the thing. So they're okay. Let me, the let me take yeah. Let me take your schedule. So they will be at in essence, they will be at home from October 9th through October. Which 30th. Are the game, huh? As you said from October 9th to October 30th, they'll be at yeah. home. Yeah. So they have Dallas, yeah. Carolina bye week. They hope yeah. then they host San Francisco. Yeah, that the San Francisco game is the only one I was watching. I had to win those other two. Um, but yeah, the the San Francisco game is the one that I was waffling on because I'm not sure what they look like at this point in time in the season. Right. Um, so that that was the only one there. But yeah, I agree with you. I like that stretch, and that might actually be the the that could jumpstart them. Yeah, that could jumpstart. That, that really could jumpstart them. But that, but their their schedule is. Yeah. But then, it's, then yeah. But then yeah. To, to, but then yeah. They better like if they. They better make their headway during that bye time, bye week, because then you have, then you're talking at Tampa Bay, hosting Arizona, at New Orleans, at Kansas City, hosting Seattle, Vegas, at Green Bay versus hosting Denver, then at C- at the Chargers, and then at Seattle. There's really no, I mean, you know, Seattle's a divisional game, but there's there's no cupcake. There's no gimme in the last half of that schedule at all. There's no gimme, not one, from... Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, there's that only Rams, we got two gimmies on the whole schedule. They got two I mean, gimmies. Rams, Broncos, Rams. I mean, the, I mean, I keep saying the Rams. The Chargers, Broncos, Packers, Raiders. For just a four game stretch, that's tough. Yes, that's tough. Yes. At the end of the season, too. That's tough. That's hard. No, that's, that's brutal. That's brutal. No, that's tough. So yeah, they're gonna die. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna need the stack. Yes, they're going to need to stack early. They're going to need to stack early. This is a tough schedule. Bro. This is no, this ain't. Schedule. <laughs> My <laughs> NFC says they don't make the playoffs. Honestly, 
Wow. I wouldn't I, yeah, I would be surprised. Much looking at you, I was just like, yo, I did not realize it was this challenging. This the only, was, the only thing was, about the only thing about it, only thing about that, I, I think I actually think they will make the playoffs. The first the, like in contrast to the AFC, the NFC is just not that. It's just not deep. Right? It's not. My it's, only hesitation on this, I've seen this debate. They know each other so well. Right. They know each other so well. And I actually, I think Seattle's weak man in this division, like very Yes. Yeah, so, on paper, yes. So that's, that's why I gave them those two and didn't even think about it like, like that much. But it's still a division game. Um, but even giving them those two, I just, I just can't write off the Cardinals or the 49ers in any stretch of the magic, particularly against against a known opponent like the Rams. That's my only hesitation with that division because it was the most competitive division until it changed to the AFC West. Um, Here, but, what didn't change? You just made, but you just made me think about of each other. You just made me think about that that division, right? So I had them at eleven six. You had them at nine eight. I it would not surprise me the least bit, even if they won that division at nine and eight. To be honest with you, I no, do think that, it's. That, that I don't that, think. That I just is, don't think the division. We haven't. We we're only looking at. We haven't looked at the. Uh, you're right. The other schedules. That's, that's that's a great. I don't try. I just don't trust other teams. I, I think okay. I'm not saying they're bad, but I just don't trust. I don't. I'm like okay. We the Rams are going to come back down to earth. Like they're not going to be as good as they were last year. Clearly. But I'm like, who is going to pick up these pieces between like right this this right now going to the season? Like who? Which one of these? Which one of those teams doesn't have some major like is like issue that they could be going into the season with? You know what I'm saying? Like it should be. Oh, it really should be Arizona to be honest with you, based on when they their their early trajectory last year. Like they Arizona was it should be them, but. After we we saw at the end of the season and into this offseason, like, nah, I don't trust that team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what is my glass half full for them? Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, I can get to eleven. I can get to eleven. I can get to eleven. I see world eleven. They got to sweep either Arizona or um, 49ers for me because I have them sweeping the Seahawks. And they got to go ham in that NFC West. I mean, that yes. AFC West. They got, yeah. They got to go ham there. Yeah. Yeah. They got to get at least two of them. Yeah. If not three. Because I definitely have them losing that Rams one. I mean, the, um, the Chargers one. They're both Los Angeles. Too. Right. Stupid. <laughs> um, so so um if and then if they if they sweep if they sweep the Cardinals, then they're definitely in. I mean, like that, that's not even a question at that point in time. Um so if they dominate their division, they're good. I think they're good. Um they they just need to dominate their division and split the AFC West. And I don't even know. That those not divisional road games. I don't know. That 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 will if they if they're doing well, stuff let's, like let's that, look let's, let's look at it this way, right? Let's let's go through the NFC real quick, right? Even without looking at all the schedules. This is let's like then they are the team we thought they are. Let's let's look at the NFC the NFC. Okay. They go like four and one against that? 
Yeah. Count the uh yeah. the count count how many teams do we trust to make the playoffs? Put the AFC AFC West aside throughout the NFC. Let's go to the NFC in each division. So NFC East, I say one. One W. Uh, that's a one division. That's a one playoff division to, um, uh, uh, scenario. Yeah. And what team is that? Real Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Yeah. Yep. What did you say? And if it's not, and if it's not, by the way, if it's not Dallas, I think it'll be, it'll be Philly. No, no, you're, you're, you're no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, no, I'm, saying, I'm giving you, no, I'm giving the, no, I'm giving the candidates, I'm giving the candidates who I think could possibly could come out no, that division. And those two, right now, those no, are the two. I said you was rooting for the Cowboys, real. No, I said that. No, okay. No, All right, just, just want to make that clear. No, uh, no, AFC North, Green Bay. That's it. Yeah. I don't trust any of those other teams to be That's a it. playoff team. The, AF, the AFC South, Tampa. That's it. I, that's it. So in terms of who can count on. That's what yes. In terms, there's always a right. With the, like, of course, there's gonna be some surprises and what injuries yeah, things like that. In terms of, yep, that's it. That's it. that's it. That's not like that. That's, that's literally that's that's the thing that they have going for them. Like the rest of the conference is that bad. Yep. And they're the ones in their division. Right. Um, and then you got, there's the one that has potential. For multiple, yes. For their division, the AFC, the AFC West does have potential for multiple. Like, uh-huh. I can see, I can see a scenario. You got the, you probably have, like, if they, if, I don't think the NFC um, West is, is as good as it was. So, I know two coming out of there. So, then you got the NFC East. Lessers in the in the um NFC North Lessers fighting it out for that last playoff spot. Right. Somehow Minnesota sneaks in there. I <laughs> their schedule or um the commanders could sneak in there. Um haven't looked in their schedule yet. I don't see the Giants having a chance to hell. No, um Detroit so, don't have a chance. Nope. No in Carolina, no. Atlanta, no. Chance at all. Atlanta, no chance at all. Just hold NFC South, no change at all. Bye. Everybody get out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I mean, like, like, like you're, you're probably looking at um, some combination of Philly or the Commanders and, and Min- I don't think anybody else. I think Minnesota is the only one that could even sniff a potential playoff bid. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at some combination of that for, for that, unless, Arizona, unless um, 49ers are surprising. Let's let's just go with that. 49ers are the ones I don't think make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. But regardless, it's go, this is a, you know, this is a brutal schedule. Uh, one of the toughest I've seen a defending Super Bowl champion have in a, in a while. Like that, 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 it, that schedule was significant. That was significant. Because if you would have asked me before, look at us, oh, yeah, they'll win 12 games. 11, right. sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely, 11. They're going to they gonna earn those 11. They gonna earn, if they get 11, they're going to earn them. And 12, whoo, yeah, you're going to, yeah, that's, that's tricky. Uh, so to your point, I'll put it to you this way. If they, if they win 11 games, they, are, they can absolutely win a championship. Yeah, like they, oh, yeah. 
If they win eleven games, they are Super Bowl contenders. Now this this is this is a man's schedule. They they are no this this yeah you you are good if you yes you're good if you make it through this and in the playoff you're good. Can't nobody say you're not good. No, no, because you can't there you can't just get there beating the bottom feeders. No, yeah, no, no. There's not no enough way. on there. No. So you got to win some pretty big games some with some really good comp. Competition on the road, win more than field goal, and then that on the road, yep, all the things. So, that is the Los Angeles Rams schedule, of course, the defending um Super Bowl champions. Uh, and we'll definitely see what happens. Uh, haven't decided who we do next, we're gonna do next week. Um, I get, I guess Tampa Bay could be on the docket, yeah. I guess Tampa, I said. I have I can't even remember. It didn't even matter who it was because it just is what it matters is what it did to my soul. Is they said Bills, Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. I can't remember that. I can't. <laughs> no, no, that would be so not ha- not fun for me. That's gonna happen. Yeah, that's horrible. I say I have to say I'm not going to enjoy looking at the Buccaneers schedule. I can already tell I'm not going to be happy with this this thing because I do think they're going to win a lot of games. So I'm not going to be excited about this this schedule. <laughs> it is my fear of Brady's well documented. It's well documented. <laughs> He's traumatized. I'm traumatized oh, by that man. I am. Uh, right, and rightfully so. They better not be, but I am. I definitely Rightfully so. So, uh, last week, uh, June 2nd, June 2nd marked the 20th anniversary of what many consider to be the greatest show of all time. Uh, it's definitely in, the, in that top five, you know, go to top five. I mean, like, you can't, like, I, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll be, yeah. In, in yeah. The, uh, uh, yeah, I will argue. I will make that argument from top five and feel great about it every single time. Yes, no, the no Mount Rushmore shows. Um, the Wire, of course, celebrated their twentieth anniversary. Has been in which, I, like, <laughs> on June second, twenty, yeah, June second, of course, two thousand two came out on HBO, and again when this came out. I, like I, it it's, it's it tells me you know how old we're getting because I literally 2002 was a very distinct year for me personally, you know graduating from college and things like that. And they, so 2002 vividly remember 2002 and I don't. Uh, so the HBO ran season one of The Wire on this past Saturday, and of course I watched every episode even when I was at you know supposed to be working uh i just couldn't it, like <laughs> i caught it you know in season not season but episode two and was i was upset that i missed the first episode i didn't even know what's coming on uh like that and, and from a marathon uh, as a marathon on hbo but i was like i this is i i couldn't stop watching like it, it li- like literally I couldn't start, and I couldn't start watching it. And you know, we re- I recently recently watched the wire because we did our did, did our you know did a rewatch on it, so it hadn't been that long. Um, but you just you know you learn something new every time you see it again, and it's like you know it, it's better than ever in terms of watching it, and especially with season one, the character development, 
the slow burns of the plot of the plots. You know, when you thought when it would no, not thought when you when it clearly was started started off slow. You know, the first three or four episodes and what the first three or four episodes. Um, but it like it, you know, it is to me the greatest show of all time. It is a show that is just there are things that are just timeless. Like there are things, there are books, you know, movies. There are certain things we talked about the Godfather like last couple couple months ago. There's just stuff that's just is just a work of art, and you know, that's the feeling I got uh, in terms of rewatching the first season. Uh, what are your thoughts on this show twenty years later? Yeah, that's twenty years later is my thoughts. That's a long time. Um, uh, yeah, now I remember. I remember it like yesterday. I always talked to my brother about this. I give him credit as being the one who introduced me to the wire because he did. I just remember it. He the way that he just I give him I, I give him it, it shit about it all the time because it's just like I, he was like, "There's this show with these cops, but they're like all drunks and they're horrible at their jobs <laughs> and they're like going after like crime, but they can't find it. Everything like that." I was just like, "What is this show that he's talking about?" And then when I actually watched it of course it's you know, of course it's the wires a million times deeper than any of that but um i always just laugh about how he first described it to me and then what it ultimately unveiled itself to be and then how big of a fan i became of it um and uh yeah you know like my my great the you know the great uh great quote that's been said a million times but we were saying it to each other I think before it was quoted in papers, it's just what I talk about. Watching Wire is like reading a book. It's, it's, a, it's a novelization. It's a television novelization. And um, it's just, it's, it's, it's not even writing that's ahead of its time. It's just writing that's timeless. Um, and that's what you're talking about when you're speaking to shows like this and, and movies like The Godfather. It's just because the themes are so classical, so nuanced, um, and it's not stuck in one time period. So, for an example, think about The Wire. Like, even though they're using pagers, it's not about the damn pagers. Like, that has nothing to do with anything. Um, so, it's like, it's not, the time period doesn't mean anything. What, what means everything is the subtext of the show. The themes to which it's speaking to. And those themes cross all everything costs everything and that's how you that's how you make something that's unique and that's special and that lasts over the test of time and that people are still talking about going after 20 years yeah i think one is one of i mean there's so many great accomplishments as far as in terms of i ain't talking about in terms of awards but just the great things it was able to accomplish as a show one of the things that that you know i thought about was how they changed the depiction of cops and criminals like there was this idea of a cop uh there was no like there we see we seen it in movies per se you know with the or, in terms of organization but we didn't we didn't see in terms of example on your thing law and order law yes Keep going. Yeah, I just want to give no, you know what I'm saying. So, it, like, basically, about. they are basically, basically characterizations were black and white with cops and criminals. Like, you know, stereotypical criminals, 
you know, this just over the top, you know, over the top and boisterous and blah, blah, blah. The cop, the, you know, heroic cop, so on and so on from, from that standpoint. It, the wire blends everything from us you know you have the, the you have the criminals who are as who are sophisticated can be sophisticated and organized and and what have you then you have cops that you know have our pieces of shit from us, and they you know like it's just like it i've never seen that that mix in terms of characterization like there's just no it was no See again, we've seen a lot of cookie cutter shows up until that point. Go ahead, you were about to say. No, I was just gonna say it it um it added nuance. And that that, right. that is the yes. under, that's it's the, a great word. That's the underlining theme of anything that is that is special. Um it if you are just presenting caricatures, then you're not nuanced. Right. The nuance is that is the humanity. And the truth about all human beings, no matter what the label we put on anybody, is that we are all way more complex. There is no just good or bad. No. All way more complex. And so any show that reflects that is going into the nuance. Of course, every police officer depicted in whatever is not going to be the moral ideal and of course every uh, person who commits a crime is not the base bottom of society there's a lot of nuance in that and that's what the wire showed over and over and over again no matter what character they were dealing with yeah yeah right you, and, and it came from a real place that, yes. I mean, that that's that's the that's yeah. the that's the secret sauce. It came from a real place. The reason they could write so well on it was because it came from a place of lived experience. And that's yeah. honestly why, that's what the whole wire is about. That's what they're talking about more than anything else is that um, the, like, you can take a snapshot of any subgroups, cops, firefighters, chefs, teachers, uh, hedge fund managers, businessmen, Whatever you want to, whatever. You can take a snapshot of that. You can take a snapshot of single mother, um, uh, nuclear family, um, rich kid, poor kid. Any snapshot you want, you can take a, uh, take, take a snapshot of them. But the, if, you, if, if you look at that snapshot and make that the whole picture, you're missing something. The only way you get the full idea of what somebody is going through and what their experience is like is to live in their shoes, is to live in the city, is to be a part of the city, is to understand the struggles of the city. If you understand the struggles of the people in the city, then you understand the struggles of what these individuals are going through at their jobs. It's a rich, multi-deep, complex show that cannot just be layered even even in our layering of it in caricature. There aren't enough words to talk about this show. There aren't enough enough ways to to break it down in sound bites. Again, it's a novel that played out on TV. So you need all of the words and all the ideas and all the thoughts and expresses to do that. And that's the most important part of the wire is that it also um, interacted and challenged the viewer in their ability to pay attention to nuance, its detail 
over a long period of time, over stretches of seasons. Yeah, I mean, challenge the viewer in the way that no television show has ever challenged the viewer. Like I said, the, well, definitely not up until that. Up until that point, um, and I will say even to today, even through even now, like no, like in terms of challenging they're, the viewer, they're a lot of shows. Bro. They're a lot of shows. But, there are shows, but challenging the viewer to that. Fantastic challenging the viewer. Huh? Atlanta is fantastic and challenging. Yes, no, yeah. Atlanta is on. Oh, yeah. Bro, Atlanta, no, no, but this is a compliment because the why would mean anything if people didn't learn from it right. and create yes. and make and make yep. better art. That's the whole point. So that in itself is a love letter to the why. Yes. Yes. I yeah. No, no hardly. Creators never meant this to be the best thing ever. Which is why they didn't care about accolades right. like that and different things. They wanted to make an honest show. Yes. And by making an honest show, they gave permission to other creators to make their versions of their honest show. Yeah. So getting you know back to just the authenticity of the show. Of course, you mentioned they had you know they had newspaper writers, they had novelists, they had people that you know political writers, and like they covered every you know. Ed Burns worked, you know, was a, worked as a, as a as a teacher, and said that you know his his seven years as a teacher was harder than any of his years combined as a cop. He said that. Um, so they had all those uh, areas covered, and also we talking about the show being shot in Baltimore. A lot of that cast, about a number of those cast members were from Baltimore. Like they had a lot about they had a they had a number of Baltimore actors. So like you know, even the ones that had didn't have the bigger some of the bigger roles per se, you know, from that standpoint. But they had I looked I was just looking at the IMDB. Well and I was like, dang, okay, so, so he's in Baltimore, she's in Baltimore. So they Real yeah. it's, it's roster construction. Yeah. They had, they knew what they wanted from their show. Yeah. Creating roster around it. It wasn't about getting big celebrities no. and stars. No, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't. You you, you bring that up. The only the only people that I knew about that I mean, we have seen some people before. The only person that I, I that, uh, no, I didn't know the dude Frankie Faison played Commissioner Bell. He's the only dude that I like because he had been around so long. Like from you know he had been around. That's the only dude that I was like, oh, okay, I you know I recognize him. But no, to your point, no, you know, no. Big actors, no, no, not at all. All those guys were, all those faces were fresh, especially the ones from uh from London, uh you know uh, Dominic West and uh and and Stringer, uh, Ildris Elba. Um, so no, all those faces, all those that yeah, all those faces were fresh. Like I like I I like we yeah we didn't see we none of these actors were known at all. Uh, for the most Think part. about it, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan was a bit part. Yes, a bit part in season. Yeah, once you right. Yeah, they killed off in the first season. First season, yes. They killed Michael B. Jordan off. Right, first season. <laughs> right, exactly. That, that that's how deep the roster is, and that's how deep the actor bench was. Yeah. No, it, it look. It's um, like I said. It's, it is a novel. Uh, it mixes, you know, the you know, the gods and the Greek and the Shakespeare and the Greek and you know all that is is, is wrapped in into there. Um, it, it show has everything. The show has everything 
uh, again, and, and, and you know what? You know, I noticed the second I noticed watching it on Saturday was how much. And you started. I think you were on this during our rewatch. Like, great, great. They actually did great from it. But McNulty was. I, I really got less and less. I really liked McNulty less and less. Like I really like 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 this dude. I like this dude. Was, it's that it's, nuance that we're talking about. Yeah. Right. Like once you once you break down and then and the nuance in our understanding of policing has grown since wire ended, right? And so, like, a lot of things that went over our head at times, and of course, our lived life experience has expanded since the work on 20 years ago. Right. Very different people 20 years ago. Yeah. And so, or our life experience is very different 20 years ago. And so, again, that's what makes the show timeless, right? That's what makes the timeless. Is that now that we have some of that, we go back and watch the wire, we view different characters differently. But because they wrote it and played it so well, those attributes are there for us to 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 see. They were always there. Right. It's our perspective has changed. I mean, the only character hasn't changed in 20 no. years. No. We've changed. The we, world's yeah. changed. We know this. Yeah. He was saying that 20 years ago. The writers were saying that 20 years ago. The yep. acting was saying that 20 years ago. We were just at different places. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, this dude, like, yeah, you, it was beyond the fact, you know, the asshole part, but I'm like, you really, yeah, it was all about you. <laughs> it was like, yo, it was it's like, fuck everybody else. This is about me. <laughs> it's like, it's about me and only me. Like McNulty, if I gave a basketball cop to McNulty, I guess it would be like a high volume shooter that's gonna get thirty. You'll get thirty, but you're gonna take a lot of fucking shots, a lot. So, but again, I if you haven't seen The Wire, I don't know what I don't know what to tell you. If you haven't seen the show, please. Like if that I. If you're gonna rewatch any series, this is the series to watch. And it, like you again, if you, for those of you that have seen it, of course you know what I'm talking about. So again, tw- it was amazing 20, uh, 20 years, and again, this show is a timeless work of art. No two ways about it. All right, biggest disappointments of the week. Um, have two here, and one was a uh, came you know late today actually. Uh, Jack Del Rio. So Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders, what do you do? Had some uh, interesting tweets about January sixth and the insurrection, and basically, so he made he makes these comments about the insurrection being basically a quote unquote dust up. And and basically said that why you know it's nothing compared to what transpired in 2020 with the riots or across the country and what have you and the destruction of personal property. As a matter of fact, here here's what he said exactly. I have it right right here in verbatim. Uh, no, right here, you know, on the tweet. I uh, would love to understand the whole story about why the summer summer of riots, riots, looting burning and destruction of personal property is never discussed but this is in hashtag common sense word oh maybe it's because people storm the cap maybe that's <laughs> <what it> <laughs> like, doesn't happen a lot 
<laughs> it's going to be a topic of conversation. Sorry, Jack. Sorry. Um, Jack went they on. They noticed that type of thing. They did. Yeah, Jack went on to do not even backtracking, but to I guess call this an apology uh, today. He said, "I made earlier. I made comments earlier today in referencing the attack that took place on the United States Capitol on January 6, twenty one. Referencing that situation as a dust up was irresponsible and negligent, and I am sorry." Del Rio said in a statement posted on Twitter, "I stand by my comments condemning violence in communities across this the country." I say that while also expressing my support as an American citizen for peaceful protests in our country. I have fully supported all peaceful protests in America. Uh, love, blah, blah, blah. Love and respect my fellow coaches, players. I work with opinion, blah, blah, blah. What? Shut up. No, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. I love and respect my fellow Shut up. Just shut yeah. up. Yeah. That's worthy. That's worthy. Here's the thing. I mean, we there are ten thousand different ways that we can tear this apart, tear and just pick apart what you know what he's talking about. I, I'm not even going to the whole rise and art light and compare. Like I, I'm not even going to that. This is my thing. You're clearly a racist, right? You're clearly a racist. Just don't fucking apologize. Own your racism. You don't be a racist. Be be a authentic racist. Like don't like. I don't need, we don't need your apology. We don't like, we don't know. Don't, don't, don't backtrack. Don't, because you're not, actually you're not even backtracking because you're standing by your original comments. So it's just like, no, man, don't, don't, yeah. You, this is, you on, you on that side of America. We, we get it. And trust me, you're, you're amongst, you know, 70 million people that, that voted for, that, that voted for, uh, for uh, Trump in last election and, and so on. Like so like I, I don't even care about the fact that you're a racist. I don't I really don't. Like I our franchise has been breeded racism. Like it's not it'd be unusual if you weren't. Like if we had, if we if we didn't have racist people in that organization, that would be unusual. So that part of it, like whatever. That that is what it is. You are who you are. But man, don't don't convince don't don't try don't do the the the, uh, the fake apology or the the, the the for you know for TV apology like come on man. like what, what are we like come on like but we see your true colors you've shown us who you are cool I like whatever I I don't yeah you are who you are so that's the whole thing about it you know I, to me I don't like, I, again I, and again I don't know why you're even tweeting for that matter like I really don't I don't know why you're tweeting. You should be in. You should be worried about our defense. Why? Why are you even tweeting? So, what? What, what are your I thoughts? Way more simpler than that. They right. people are constantly saying to players, "Shut up and play ball." Your <laughs> right. Whatever it is. Yep. And so, my response to this is. Our OTA is going on. Isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Don't snap. Things to be doing, sir. <laughs> Shut up and coach. How about that? <laughs> yes. Don't know I care about this. Yo, that's, yo, that's what we gonna call. We gonna call this podcast. Shut up and coach. We gonna yep. call this. We gonna title this episode. Shut up and coach. Yep. Yep. How about that? How about, how about that? I love it. I love it. Things are going on in your sport. You you need to be doing a lot of coaching over there. How about that? Yes. Oh. Yes. 
focus. Because by the way, by the way, January 6th, what's going on? Look, got nothing to do with you. You no, focus. Not at all. They, they, yeah. Don't no, get they, that team in the playoffs. How about that? Who yeah. that defense? What is he? What is what? What is he? To you all. Is he yeah. linebackers? No, he's a he's a he's no, he's a coordinator. He's, he's the, the he is yeah, he's a top. Right, so yeah, he's, so he's a, he's a, a second. He know I see. I was trying to give him less. No, no. I was trying to give him less. No, no. no. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he's a 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 he's we're about how to get that defensive line performing up to the standards we want them to perform at or expect them to perform at. That's what we need your opinion. Not on January 6th. No, Not at all. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Shut up and coach. Get your weak-ass apology out of Get out of here. Don't get What? Go. Just go away. Go. Yeah, man. He's the defensive coordinator. Like, yeah. You like no, nah, brother. Yeah, you, you got work to do. You need you got a lot of work. I need you to focus. I need you. you got to a lot of work to do. You have a lot of work. And honestly, um, the commander's uh, PR team has a lot of work to do too. They don't need to be dealing with this bullshit. They, like, I know they was like, "What? Jack, yo, he did what? Why? We don't got enough to deal with." Right. Owner, I need the defensive coordinator to shut up and coach. that. My job, making my life harder for no reason. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on on the commanders. They, they, yeah. You're the yeah. last organization to be commenting on what's going on in the country. Just focus. Just yeah, no, we no, we should not be talking about character. Like, we can't. We're not winning in that area. Character? We talking about character? Manage, that's how you get a biggest disappointment. Disappointment. You manage wrong person, wrong message. You like get a whole thing just wrong. Yes. Yeah. That's how you land on biggest disappointment. Oh man. Um. Yeah. I did not believe think that I, I would be talking about Jack Del Rio and G. no. I was just like, I, like, I, I was like, what did Jack Del Rio? What? <laughs> What could he have possibly done? That's what he did. Just be dumb. Oh, goodness. Um, so the second disappointment uh, earlier this week, there, of course, a lot, of, a lot of talk about the discussion of a shortened NBA season. Of course, Adam Silver uh, spark, kind of sparked this with, with his comments in some terms of saying basically it was something that's being looked into. Uh, we know Adam Silver as a player's commissioner. He's been very friendly sure. uh, with the players. Um, so it's like. Well, I can't take that conversation seriously until somebody tells me how the owner's going to make up that money. Right. Yeah. Right. Like that. That's yeah. the, Come on now. Let's, let's, yeah. like, let's, let's yeah. not. Let's. So, Look, yeah. Alan Silver could be the most player coach he wants. Right. This, this is not happening. No, they still own the season. There's 0.0 chance of the season being short. Unless you can show away that money. If, they, if you make up the money, I don't think the owners care. But, but you got to show where. No. So if I'm going to lose 
20 million off of these X amount of games or however, where is that money yeah. coming back well, from? How, here, that coming into my pocket? As soon as I start hearing that conversation, then I'm like, okay, then I can see how we can have this conversation by sorting in the season. But why on earth, businessman, just anybody put on their entrepreneur hat, business right. person hat, why on earth would I do something that takes money, money out, of, out my of my pocket? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's, it's, it's such a ridiculous conversation on so many fronts. Like, first of all, to your point, not only... Basketball? We're not talking about saving people's lives. Like, come on now. No. We're like, bad, like no. It, these aren't 20 billion hour work weeks where people being paid quarters. Like, no. We're not... No. No. So, like, like let's... definitely not. We're not... Let's not, not make it. Let's not make it. This is a simple dollars and cents. The way you get the season shortened is you shorten it, but still have the owners be paid the same. How do you do that? Yeah, that yeah. is the question. Right. So people here, 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 all I mean, words they want to say until that thing is drawn up and people are connecting those dots, like so and so advertise, so and so is willing to put up this amount of money percent. Da, 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 and start adding that money up, just like we do with contracts, salaries, right. yep. salary cap, all that stuff. Make all you gotta make got make those dollars make sense first. Yeah. Otherwise, all we doing is fantasy booking. Yeah, let's put LeBron, let's put Kevin, let's put Kyrie, let's put them all on the same. Sure. Right. Now make those make that money make sense. Nope, can't do it. Bye. What yeah. we talking about? So yeah, 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 I agree with you. I agree with you. Until until somebody starts talking about dollars and cents for real. Whatever. To no. this conversation. Yeah. It like here's the thing. You know, you hear you hear today's player discuss like, okay, we had you know we got to run more, we got to cover more ground with the three point shooting. It's more taxing. Sure. I heard. Sure. <laughs> so I heard. Um, yep. C J McCullough and uh yep, J Reddick talking about it, and it's like, yep. yeah, it's hard playing basketball. Yeah, but guess hard. what? You are amongst the highest paid. Yep. Yeah, you'll be all right. So you'll be you'll be all right. You'll finest all right. medical, finest physical, finest. Yeah, you'll be all right. Private like, this, private that. You'll be fine. Personal chef, yeah. chef, da, 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 team yeah. training room. Even if you don't have, you know, I know I'm not talking. Everybody has a personal chef, team training facility, da, da, everything like that. You're gonna be in this particular particular topic. They're fine. They really are. Here's the thing, like. First of all, this type of talk should need to be going on from a standpoint of your players are missing too many games as it is. Fans are not That's fans okay. don't want to hear that shit. How do these make all these games matter? Fans as a fan, that's what I care about. Fans don't want to I hear. do not want to watch the Clippers without their people. Exactly. Or, or no. the without yes. Their yes. I don't want to not... watch the two benches play. No. At Sunday no. at three. That no. is not what I'm interested in. And fans are like fans don't like fans are not trying to hear about shortening the season. I was thinking about this today. I'm like, literally, if I like if the Wizards were playing playing like somebody, let's say, let's say for arguments in my team, the Lakers, right? I would have to like, of course. Probably have to buy a ticket ahead, ahead, but 
I with that you risk like yeah, LeBron can sit that night. Like, literally, it has to be on your mind if you're buying if you're purchasing a ticket as a uh when you have a star coming in into uh your your home arena. Like you literally, you have to think about that. You buying if you don't have if you if you if you don't have uh season tickets, you're buying individual tickets. And you just want to see a game where so and so comes in the building, and so and so. I gotta know. I gotta check and see if this if this motherfucker is playing. Like that's a real thing. So billionaires, billionaires do not give up Pay money. That's how they became billionaires. That, they, that's just not a thing. That's the competitive nature of an athlete is locked in. You can't be an athlete at the highest level and not be have that have. A certain level of competitive nature. You can't be a billionaire and not have a certain level of stinginess, let's say. You right. just can't. Like those two things don't go together. You want to accumulate as much money as possible. You don't let that go by letting a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit. So a big chunk of money just going out of your pocket for a while. So people can enjoy more and players can feel better about themselves. Yeah, so Rob, not only talking about the owners losing money, the players will lose money. Well, that's the, the point. Like, like if like that's the first play, that's why none of this that's why this <laughs> that's why this is the biggest set. The players not giving them no money. Because that's why this because that's the first place they'll go. Like, okay, I know I'll get my 20 million from all these contracts. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's where we going, and then the players gonna love. Nah, we don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> so no, this is this this until the money makes sense for everybody involved. We, what are we even talking about? What are we even talking about? Yeah, yeah, like that. Like your your number one priority should be keeping your players on the floor. That's what you fix that. Forget about these fantasy NBA shorting. No, make. The number priority should be for players to be playing on to be actually in games when healthy. And if that means a shortened season, I'm one thousand percent fine with that. Real, it's just it's not a topic. It's not even a reality. It's not anything. It's imagination, right? Until the money makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So if that's part of it, if it's like. If the benefit is it's a more entertaining season because more to put perfect, that'll be a great benefit, but ain't nothing happening until that money makes sense. Yeah. No, that that I mean that's the bottom line. Like that that I mean that, that, that's I mean, the, I mean, NFL, we had you had every the NFL the exact opposite, right? You had every argument on the other side of why not to leap in the season. Then it's like Everybody gets more money. Okay. Yeah, we good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure this. Out. We'll figure it out. We'll all figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More all that. Yeah, we get more money. Perfect. Yeah. And that I mean, it's just that simple. It really is. We could do a deep dive there. It just is that simple. Until the money makes sense, this is not the topic of the conversation. No. Not the way. No. Yeah, I knew you were going to go here. So yeah, who won the week? Um, really, really was pretty simple to me. Uh, you, yeah, I saw this coming. Um, you have a guy, Rafael Nadal, of course, won the French Open, his fourteenth French Open, which like is that. So to put that in perspective, right? 
he has 14 French Opens. That's more majors than Agassi, more majors than Yvonne Lendo, Boris Becker, Stefan Egbert, um, Borg. Uh, that's more majors than John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors. That's more majors than all of those guys in their respective individual careers. And those are all, all those guys are, of course, all-time greats in the Hall of Fame tennis players. And he's tied. He would be tied even just with just French Opens with Pete Sampras at 14. So th- that's to put it that number in perspective. Uh, he won his 22nd, his 22nd major puts him two ahead of both Jovic, uh, Djokovic, Djokovic, excuse me, Djokovic, his greatest rival, and of course the the great uh, Roger Federer, who's still recovering from injuries, uh, from a niche injury, uh, probably won't be back until later on this year. So he's in pole position to be considered the GOAT based off total amount of majors. Now, again, I think Federer and Djokovic are better all-around players because they're better on they're better on other surfaces. Like, even though, like, they'd always won four U.S. Opens and two Wimbledons, but those guys have, like, Federer's won, like, five of five, uh, three different majors, three majors five times on three, on three different uh, surfaces and what happened. So, uh, I think and Joe, I think Joe, both Djokovic and Federer are, are probably better all around players from from that standpoint. But right now, this is the guy that holds the most majors in in the history of the sport of men's tennis. Uh, Serena has twenty three, and Margaret Court has twenty four. But this would be third all time, third all time if you combine uh, women and men. Of course, number one with the men. Um, one of the most humblest athletes ever I've ever kind of. Uh, come across as far as in terms of interviews like you can't you it's i, I mean again i and i root for federer all those years i was a federal fan but it, it's impossible to root against this guy like uh, like seriously like, in terms of just as humble as humble can be he really is is like next level um it could be his last french open uh he's talking about foot problems and he's, he played the whole match with his foot fell asleep not fell asleep, but he had to get a shot in his foot. So this might got a sense that this could be it. And, you know, if it is, you know, like there's never been a player dominate a surface. I mean, you know, Federer on grass, no uh Djokovic on hard court, Sampras on grass, like no player has ever dominated a surface like this. So he clearly to me uh won the week. Um just the longevity too. Like this guy started, he like he started at like fifteen and came along board, came he kinda ushered out that Sampras Agassi, uh that generation and then it became the Federer, Nadal and Djokovic generation, which hasn't stopped in fifteen years. Amazingly that they one of those threes are still winning majors and I, I just it's just how there's no there's no young dude that's that's pushing them. That's pushing them out the door. So, uh, any you had thoughts on uh, Nate all his career? I have no take on this whatsoever. It's been a great career. I've enjoyed watching. Yeah, yeah, and like him and that him and Federer, that contrast in style, like server versus return, they that 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 made that rivalry special. Like in the fact that he came along and took over and knocked Federer off the perch. So, like, you remember before he came along, I mean, Djokovic is a little bit younger than both of them, but, and Djokovic in the beginning of his career couldn't win. 
like that he I think he went like four three his first three or four years um then win his first major to 2011 and you know after coming up short but they all caught Federer at a point where Federer was undefeated like Federer won his first like 10 grand slam finals something ridiculous or seven grand slam finals um Federer was unbeatable when they'd all Donnelly caught to him and passed him for 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 a period like that. So that to eclipse what to eclipse a guy who we just knew without question would end up being the greatest player and end up like this is end up passing him in majors. I mean he's been he's been chasing Federer for about a decade in terms of majors and finally passes passes him. Uh, of course, I mean last year with the with the French with the French uh, excuse me with the U.S. With the uh, U.S. Open. Uh, when, or excuse me, the French Open win, and then to be uh, to be doing it that long, and you know, but it's just remarkable. So he won the week. So you feel you're feeling Boston tonight? Yes, that's my prediction. But close game. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there's there's no confidence here. Just just read, trying to read the tea leaves, but you know, there, there's there's no confidence here. Ghost, they could easily win this game. Yeah, but my pick is Boston. I I picked Golden State before the game. Uh, not, I pick I pick Golden State in a close game. I do think it's be highly competitive. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's that's what is as I if you don't have a real horse in the race, then that's ultimately the thing that you're rooting for. I ultimately think when we get we're doing overtime game. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great if we get, we get overtime. We are. We do a classic overtime. We yeah. do. I, I think after uh, they play tonight and then they play Friday, um, I think after Friday, come Saturday, come, come game five, we're going to be back where we started. Um, I agree with that. 2 2. So I, I think I with, whichever one happens, I think these, these teams will split these games. Um, I that. You know me. I always circle game five. Game five is the one. And the one you know, game, that will just tell me, tell me if I believe it's going to go six or seven. Because, you know, game seven is who knows. Whoever right. who knows. Um, you favor the home to get all the different things, all those things, but it's game seven. You just, you just sit there and bite your nails. Yeah. And, and unless you're Phoenix, you actually compete. Um, but, uh, but, but game five is the one that would tell me. I, I think if if depending upon how game five goes, I'll have a very confident read. My my anticipation is I'll have a very confident read on the on the rest of the series. Yeah. Up to that point in time, I think it's gonna it's gonna, yeah, we're we're in topsy turvy land right here. Yeah, should be fun. That's uh, will be significant. Both teams have had time to really look at that tape. Yeah. Um, Yep. And, and game plan and then and practice the game plan. Um, so the adjustments will be significant. I'm not saying they'll be obvious, like big, huge obvious, but they'll be significant. Be adjust- no, they're gonna be adjustments because they I mean there's oh. still, they you oh. know there's some yeah. things still that there's some everything has not been unlocked. Like there's some things that some still moving pieces, even with like lineups. Like yeah. I don't see Golden State even remotely trying to play the pool party lineup. This is too small. Way too like, small. Too small. Like that lineup, yeah, no. Is that another one where they were light years ahead? 
Yeah, they kind of, they, they, yeah, yeah. They say we can play, we can play all three of them. Yeah, uh, uh, so, uh, that, yeah. That, that took a little bit less than light years to solve. <laughs> it, it, it took about two playoff rounds. Yeah, <laughs> or one playoff round. You know, it only it only worked uh, against them. Over the light years ahead, one. I just yeah. who's asking on this thing? I'm I'm unclear. Well, I'm just unclear how we decide when we're light years ahead. I'm just unclear. On this whole note. It worked one playoff series. Congratulations. They go worked one playoff series. <laughs> maybe I'm being maybe I'm being too harsh right now. Maybe light years only means one playoff series. Maybe that's what it means. It might be. We might we might be behind. We might be we so behind. wrong on it. Because <laughs> the way I understood light years, light years is like a very long time. A very long. Or very far advanced. Let's say that. So oh. it's a long time to figure out. It's how I understood. Oh man. You know, yeah. maybe it is a, a playoff yeah. series. Sure yeah, it's it, no, it's, it should be interesting. Um, Draymond just keeps pissing people off. Like Dray, Draymond is he, he just it, like it doesn't matter what he said. What he says is going to get talked about. That listen, give credit to Draymond from that standpoint. That's you know he wants to be a media personality. It's, it's not even credit. It's just it's just Draymond. It's, it's his who he like. It's who he is. Can't ever get mad at somebody is giving you their consistent self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not like out of all the plays, all that he's always that way. Yeah, win, lose, draw, impact his team positively, impact his team negatively. Yeah, he's, he's, he's always consistent. that. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't get mad at somebody for being themselves. No, no. So no. yeah, that's Draymond. Yeah, yeah, he does he, that. He, I don't know. I mean, I, what I'm talking about. I don't know if you heard the comment. Uh, Cedric Maxwell, the the Celtic great. Um, <laughs> said that it that basically said very loosely there, sir. Well, not great. No, so he was very good. He had, yeah, he had a great. He had a. He had a very good career. Good, good Celtic, not great. Why? Why? Yeah, it, yeah, I was around. He was cool. He was right. No, good player. Solid player. Yes. Good role player. Yes. Good role player. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe even a high high level role player. One might say Draymond Green esque. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's not Maxwell was not known for biting his tongue. Let's say that. No, no. So basically, like says, on the court or off the court. No, says if uh, if Draymond played in our era, I would I would not come the fuck out. Of course, that's what he's gonna say. Yeah. I knew I knew I. Yep. If you would have said, um, Rob, what would that quote be? I w- I would have been able to nail that one. I, I knew that's what. Yeah, he would, yeah he would have got knocked the fuck out. Yeah, that's yeah. Yep. I do, of course. Oh. That's what he, you know. he would have done. He all he's thinking about is how he would have reacted. Great, <laughs> Cedric, and nobody would have cared because you were not one of the top players. <laughs> no, you would have knocked no. out one of their top players, and you would have got ejected and suspended for a bunch of games, and it would have been a net positive. Absolutely, yes. That's why you could do that. Now go talk to Larry Bird. Can Larry Bird just go punch a player? Just because he's frustrated with him means a little bit different if he does that. But right. I get Cedric's. I get his. He's a big tough guy. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's. I don't. And get. I'm glad I'm in a place in my life where I'm not going to be that guy. I refuse. I'm. I'm not going to be the old man on the lawn. I'm. I'm just not going to be that dude. I like. I just. Think there's too much of it. Oh, I have our moments, but we're gonna have no. It's fine. And it's, by the way, it's fine to have our moments. Like it's certain types of music that 
I just don't mess with. That's fine. That's that's my personal taste. I got the title. I got you know got t- the title with play. I have all types of taste, but that's just certain music I'm not gonna mess with, which is fine. That, that's what, that's why we have variety. That's not that's fine, but I, I'm not gonna be the guy who just the my era and everything will from that in terms of like and again i'm not a personal athlete but the old heads it, it goes both ways because they end up both sounding crazy with some of the comments like you know charles Giannis couldn't start during our time like really really charles he, he wouldn't start yeah, it gets it gets ridiculous with some of the stuff <laughs> like you're like yeah i, would I mean that's why like eric comments Commentary is ultimately stupid. It's dumb. It's you know, I'm glad you, it's so dumb. It's it's just, it's it's like no, there's no time machine. We can't. We don't, we don't, nobody owns a time machine. Like we can't. It's not. It's it's and I, I'm like it's beyond hypothetical. It's not going to happen. We can't. We cannot compare the eras. You need just something ridiculous like Charles. Like Charles, you couldn't guard him. If your life depended on you. Guard him. You just no. like, what? Why? What are you to who? How dare you talk about an era? Yes. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> like, the thing. It'd be the wrong dudes talking about it. That's what I'm saying. It'd be, I mean, you just hear some. I know. That's what I'm saying. It'd that's be, why it'd be, it'd, 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 it'd be the Charles Oakley and Cedric Maxwell. You can't those play in any era. What are you talking about? Like, you can't play now. Like, there's no space for what? What are you talking about? No, like, in at, what? You could have guarded him in your era. What, is, what are we even talking about, Charles Oakley? Put him on biggest disappointment. Like, <laughs> that's all know that was. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, yeah, but it gets, yeah, it gets ridiculous. It gets like because it, it's no, it's no middle ground. It's no like okay, well, I can see where you know if they guard. Well, this how way. would you defend? I really, I want to know. Yeah, what how? Yeah, please. How would you defend? Guys? Please tell me this unstoppable <laughs> game plan that would happen in the nineties. He, oh man! Taller than you, a billion <laughs> times more athletic. Please share, please. I'm all ears on this one. Yeah, yeah. Giannis? That's what happened. <laughs> That's what yes. <laughs> you just That's said. Hard. Hey, no, let me go on. He should have said Duncan Robinson. He should have said Duncan Robinson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, not Giannis. No. No, not the best player in the world. No, not not the best player in the world. Nope. Disqualified from this conversation immediately. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. How dare he? Yeah, Giannis. I'm really, I'm really acting like I just heard this for the first time, but I'm just really hearing it for the first time. Listening, whatever. Listening versus hearing. I'm just really what did he say he couldn't start? He wouldn't start. Yeah. Char- what? Yeah. What? Yo. Yeah. Okay. All right. You just yeah. say any hot take you can think of. At that yeah. Point. No, that's what. No, that's what. That, <laughs> that's, yeah. What? God is going to start? He can't start. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry for wasting so much time on the old time. That's. Yeah. That, no. That's, no. That is a take. That is one. That's a take to have. That's where we're at with this generational wow. divide from that standpoint. That that that, wow. that is uh where where we're at. Um, wow. I I think that 
Wait, hold on. Wait, no, I have to go. Sorry. So in this universe, Charles Oakley is starting over, Giannis? Yeah. That was happening? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I just want to be clear. I just want to be clear. Gotta love the confidence of an NBA player. Oh, Gotta love it. oh man. Gotta love it. Yeah. No. Gotta love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one last NBA thing. Uh so if she's like a it seems like a it seems like the U, the Utah thing is clearly that's kaput. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. uh Quinn Quinn Snyder was like deuces. Yeah. Like I uh, yeah, Co- coaches don't quit like that. Like they, coaches, they just they maxed out. They just have they maxed out. yeah, and he they knows they maxed out. out. Yeah. Yep. No, that's jumping off the that's jumping off the shit before it clashes crashes in essence. Yep. Yeah, let me get out of here. You know, it's been real, it. guys. It's been real. It's been real. It's been real. We did, yep. Yep. It's, it's been real. So we all series together. We're good. We're good. Yep. I think I, I expect I I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they went to complete, complete rebuild and traded both uh Gobert and Mitchell. Would not I one hundred percent agree with that. That's would not why, surprise me. That's why you quit. Of course, if you coincided, that's why you're jumping off this ship. <laughs> like that's the only that's the only course of action. At this point in time, if you've maxed out, you got to tear the thing down. Yeah. yeah. It'd be one thing if you knew Diamond Mitchell was bought in. Right. But he's not. He's not. No. So, no. Yeah, you you, you no. get all the assets and everything you can to yep. take everything apart. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, what, for what? To hold on to getting the ground? Yeah, so yeah, hold on. Yeah, maybe you want to first. What? What? No, yeah, no, no. If that, yeah, yeah, to be basically close to 500 every year, like, no, in your Utah, yes, in your Utah, right? Right. You'll be fine. The press is not getting no, 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 identity is not tied. No, none of that, none of that. They they care about they care about BYU football and Utah football. They they even that so they yeah they're it just, yeah yeah the identity is tied to the jazz. It just it, it just won't have that you know like that's that's always the argument or the talking point that I have with Chad over why the Knicks don't why they are just the way they are <laughs> is that you know he brings up all the time that it's New York you can't just yada 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 you can't just be smart and intelligent and reasonable as a franchise apparently um but part, the other big part is this new york and you can't that team can't be a bottom feeder it right. can't seed as a bottom feeder right you always like the tank in and all right there they don't, yes. yeah, that don't fly right i say that to say that's not a utah problem no that's a complete opposite total yeah, opposite that's not a utah problem no that's not at all so tear that thing down yeah Oh, the game started. Yep. All right. All right. Take it light, man. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. That's going to wrap it up for this latest, latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Uh, enjoy the game. I will see you next time. Have a great, great rest of your evening.